1: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to Week 2. It's time to put last week behind us and look ahead to the Denver Broncos. I'm Rose DeWitt, and I want to begin by apologizing for just how late this episode is. Uh, Obviously, the Broncos, they had the late game Monday night, and just kind of due to the nature of these types of episodes, I'm a little beholden to the guests and their schedules. So I really do appreciate your patience. And to just help us meet the Broncos, I sat down with Cameron Parker of the Lockdown Broncos podcast, who gave us the ins and outs of his team without wasting another moment since you've waited long enough. Here is that conversation. Thanks for joining me today, Cameron. I know our listeners are eager to learn more about the Denver Broncos as we prepare for week two. It's really glad to have you on. Thank you again for jumping on the show.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. And, I'm really excited to talk about, you know, this upcoming game and, you know, I, there's going to be a familiar face and probably familiar faces, you know, on on the sideline. I know that, uh, you know, Chuck uh, Pagano is down there and he's got Colorado ties and, and we now have Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel and um, uh, I believe another coach from over there. So yeah, it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be um, a lot of familiar faces on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and actually, that jumps right into my first question. I want to kind of talk about probably the biggest familiar face, at least on your end, as to us Bears fans, and that being your head coach, Vic Fangio. Obviously, he's someone that we're all very familiar with here in Chicago. I know it's only been one week, but you did have an off season so far to get to know the guy. I want to know, what's your take on Vic? How's he doing and going about that head coaching job? Uh, obviously, uh, that first game of the year wasn't what you guys were expecting as well, but just to kind of start off this show, what are some of your thoughts on your new head coach, Vic Fangio?
0: I think for me personally, uh, I mean, I could probably speak for the the rest of Broncos country on this one, but I think for me personally, it's just it was one of those cases where, I mean, usually you're when when you get the name as far as the head coach, you're, you're always sort of reluctant at the very beginning. But then, you know, you hear the, the first press conference and and then everything that gets surrounded on it. And I think that my first initial reaction through all of it was, he really does not sugarcoat anything. <laughs> yep. Like, he he is, he when he makes a statement, he believes it. He's true. He believes in his team. He believes in his players. And I think that that is a, a testament to a guy that, probably should have been a head coach uh, at one point in his career. But, you know, I think that the one thing that he certainly has going for him and it's sort of been an argument that I've been uh, posing a few times is sure. He's a first year head of coach, but you know, when you have 30 to 40 years of, of coaching experience, that's irreplaceable. And uh, he's, he's, he's definitely been one of those guys that it's been a breath of fresh air. And I think that, you know, him really, Kind of biting the bullet a little bit and bringing on, you know, a guy that also interviewed for the head coaching job, Mike Munchak, on his offensive line coach. I think is also a huge testament to really who Fangio is.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. I actually want to move over to probably the biggest new face for you guys, and that's your quarterback, Joe Flacco. What did you make of his debut? He played well late in that game. Uh, so, what are your expectations for uh, you know? Flacco this week, and then what are you guys projecting for the rest of the season? Is he someone that you're high on can kind of lead this team, you know, to you know the degree in which you guys are hoping for?
0: I think the the one one thing that Broncos country and a lot of fans certainly want is they just want a good quarterback play. You know, all these years of uh, of Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon, Mark Sanchez, and uh, and Case Keenum, you know, they they kind of want to put it to bed and. and and, you know really have a good quarterback and I think that um for Flacco you know he he put together I thought a a pretty decent Monday night game against Oakland you know he had certainly some cases of people dropping passes and and I think that that was probably just more to do with you know they really didn't play a whole lot in the third fourth or even you know fifth preseason game and that can really come with chemistry and I think that as the season progresses and but- you know, in particular with a new team, a new franchise, you know new players that's gonna come along and i do imagine we'll probably see maybe a little bit of that in, in the upcoming matchup, but you know it was still pretty nice to see you know a quarterback that he really knows what he's doing, he knows what he's he knows his his read he he's been around the block a few times um so I just think that overall it was a really all things considered a really solid uh, debut for the former Super Bowl MVP.
1: All right. Now, obviously his performance overall was solid, but what wasn't was that offense in the red zone. They only scored a touchdown I think once Jeez. out of their four trips. Uh, had to continue yeah. settle for field goals. What's the story behind that? What do you attribute the red zone struggles?
0: It's been something that's been going on for the last few seasons, and I don't know, you know, what what really to make of that. I don't know if it's yeah, if it's just you know they just can't execute in the red zone. Um, but they clearly have the playmakers, uh, the actual the players to get it done. Especially now, you know the guys like Horton, Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders, Noah Fant, uh, the new addition at tight end. They have the playmakers to certainly do it. And especially with running back with Forrest Freeman, and I think that it's just uh, I don't know. It's just been one of those things where it's just been very very frustrating. I don't know. In this go round, if it's just because the, the lack of potential chemistry together as a, as a starting unit and a starting offense, I don't know if that's really what's doing it. But, yeah, it's it's just been a constant theme that really does need to get worked out. But, you know, the one thing that we had seen even in the preseason, this preseason, is they even struggled in the red zone. So they have to get it figured out rather soon and rather sooner uh, or sooner rather than later but you know the one thing that we always say so often though it's probably better to have these problems now if you want to say the broncos are playoff team
1: mm-hmm. than later on down the year absolutely now you talked about a couple of the playmakers on offense i'm curious from your perspective you know you're speaking to me as a bears fan who should i be worried about on that offense and why
0: on the offensive line or just on the offensive side of the ball?
1: The offensive side of the ball. I I mean,
0: I, I look at the performance of Cortland Sutton on Monday night. I, I feel like that was a, a true coming out party for Sutton. I mean, uh, I think a lot of guys were a little on the fence with him. You know, draft scouts, everything else. But he he's a true number one wide receiver in the making. And he literally played like a future top 10 wide receiver. And if he can certainly do that and really prove and refine his route running, the drops, eliminate those, he can be a true threat in the red zone just because he's got that size. He's, he's got that clear catch radius. And, and I think he could be a true threat, true threat. Now, Emmanuel Sanders, I think is a wide receiving, as a wide receiving threat goes, He really ignites that offense. He really gets that offense going. And he's kind of like that Philip Lindsay of that wide receiving group. So I think that he can really make that offense go. And him getting healthy and having a shorter-term recovery from that Achilles injury surprised a lot of people. Um, And then kind of going on with what I had mentioned about Noel Fant, um, the newcomer, I mean, we, we certainly saw what he can do in college being that more pure receiving threat. But one of the things that I I think completely goes unnoticed at times is he's a pretty solid run blocker. So I think that he can provide a lot of aspect there. Um, Guys like Deshaun Hamilton are probably still learning under the wings, but uh, I would still imagine the team has some high hopes for him. And and then as far as the running back goes, I mean, there's not a lot of teams that have two, strong and capable running backs that are potential 1As and 1Bs and Philip Lindsey and, and Royce Freeman. So the fact the Broncos certainly have that at their disposal can help a lot. Now, the offensive line, that might be a little bit of a different story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can tell by the tone in your voice. That you went from pretty damn confident to let's avoid this at all costs if I possibly could.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the offensive line is, there's, I mean, the good news is there's there's pretty there, there's a stout player on that offensive line that they drafted from Kansas State, Dalton um, Reisner, who is uh, has really come along in the first season, and you know Garrett Bowles he's, he's an incredibly talented t- uh, left tackle, but he just continues to you know really lose the the technique side of thing, and especially with guys like Big Fangio and Munchak. Who are true technicians to the coach? That's that's not going to jive well, and and so this is a huge year for Garrett Bolts. He's got to he's got to really you know work his craft and really be better at left tackle. And, and Connor McGovern's had a lot of snap issues in preseason that he's going to have to get worked out, obviously sooner rather than later, and preferably now, especially those snap issues. And then right tackle Juwan James sustained an injury that's going to sideline him for a lengthy period of time, maybe not as uh, long as the Broncos actually anticipated. So um, that was good news, but still you're right. Tackle is still void, but I mean, they feel comfortable with the guy that's going to be in there. That's going to be on Sunday, Elijah Wilkinson, but there's a lot of question marks and it's kind of like what we've been seeing in the past with their offensive line. You know, their, their true offensive line nature is just the lack of depth, but anything that gets there, you know, they still have to perform well and the offensive line is just not perform well.
1: Okay. Uh, briefly, uh, you talked about struggles at tackle, uh, an injury at the position as well. Khalil Mack coming into town. You, are you worried?
0: Um, I, I know I'm worried. I, you know, I, I think back to the, the time when he was down there, uh, with the Oakland Raiders and Michael Schofield was our tackle and, you know, he, I think I think he sacked our our quarterback. I think it was Paxton Winter Trevor Simon, I can't remember who it was, but he had sacked him about three or four times, maybe five times in a game. I can't remember. Um so yes, I, I I have nightmares and I don't know if I'll <laughs> I'll sleep tonight because of it. But uh yeah, Khalil Mack, man, he's a he's a tremendous player and you know, kinda like Von Miller and and whatnot on the other side. Those are always those players that you have to circle and at least try to eliminate them at all costs.
1: Cameron, you're doing a great job of setting me up for my next questions here today. Uh, You talked about Von Miller, and I want to talk about what happened on Monday night for you guys, because obviously the Raiders, uh, their offensive front did a great job of limiting your defense, that pass rush. uh, You have guys out there, Von Miller, like you mentioned, Bradley Chubb out there, but... The pass rush was absent for the vast majority of that game. They weren't even away to come able to come away with a sack. Were you surprised by that? Is that something that uh, you know, you're, you know, fearful that could become a trend or is it just like a week one anomaly? What's your take on the lack of pass rush on Monday night?
0: So it's weird. I I feel like I was, you know, surprised just because in the preseason we were seeing a lot of pressure. We were seeing a lot of pressure from, you know, guys like Bradley Chubb and, and Von Miller and Malik Reed and, and all of this. I mean, we were seeing a lot of pressure in preseason. But at the same time, was I surprised? Maybe maybe not as much as I really thought I was. Because if you look at the game against the Oakland Raiders last year in week two, now granted the Broncos came back and won that game 20-19, but the Raiders really have the perfect game plan to neutralizing a pass rush. Because... If you look at the week week two game uh, last season and now, Derek Carr's efficiency has been right near the top. I I think he was 29 of 32 for like 185 yards or something in week two. And then he was 22 of 26 for like 260 yards and a touchdown with no interception. So his efficiency – and him getting the ball out of his hands rather quickly is the biggest key in replication of, replicating to neutralizing a pass rush. So the fact he was able to do that twice, no, I really wasn't all that surprised. So the fact that you when know, we come into this in the upcoming game with all the RPOs and, and everything that Matt Nagy does to his, his disposal and with a guy like a Mitchell Drubisky who – did not play well against the Packers, but at the same time also not a quarterback that I'm going to you know, throw by the wayside because he still has enough talent level there to still be a top 15 and maybe entry level top 10 quarterback.
1: Now, of course, getting after quarterbacks, uh, that wasn't the only struggle for you guys on Monday night. You also had a hard time stopping rookie running back Joshua Jacobs. Uh, He had about 100 scrimmage yards. He had two rushing touchdowns. Obviously, Vic Fangio said uh, post game that he didn't feel like he was in control when it came to stopping the run. So when you're watching that defense on Monday night, what was kind of behind some of those struggles at containing the running back? Man, I don't
0: know. That was probably... You know, we were talking so much about the offensive line. That was probably one of the underrated, you know, parts of why it was such a frustrating game. Because defense is a Fangio stalwart, but not only that, but our defensive front seven, in particular, our defensive line, has always been a constant success since since the Broncos have had, you know, guys like Derek Wolf, Von Miller, and and in particular the those true defensive linemen. In the fact that they were able to give up so much scrimmage arch is is definitely a cause for concern. Now, granted, the one thing that we, has been kind of a constant theme throughout this is we much rather have it sooner rather than later. And maybe it's just that they are just still trying to get a little bit familiar and the chemistry of not working together in preseason. Maybe it's is kind of that thing there. But I don't know. The I just think that that's something that they really do need to get eliminated rather quickly as far as a a concern because if they can stop that running game and create a lot of pressure all all the other stuff's going to fall into place but the fact that that didn't happen we were getting a lot of exposure in the running game passing game and exposure from the tight ends as well.
1: I noticed you guys allowed about seventy-one percent of conversions on third down. Would you attribute that to the lack of the ability to stop the run and the lack of the pass rush? Was there anything else that maybe?
0: I go ahead. Yeah, I, I yeah, with the, I was throwing the, the lack of pass rush too in there, and probably more so just credit the Oakland Raiders' game plan because you know it goes back to Derek Carr getting the ball out rather quickly because when that was happening, it was putting them in pretty favorable situations. I mean, he was setting up the, he was setting up the run on short passes. It was also switching it to the point where they, you really didn't know if they're going to throw short or, and also, you know, you had uh, Yadam at the Broncos corner get beat on a few big plays uh, from, from covering a tight end. So it just, it was, it was just a very, uh, very rough go of it from a second year corner perspective. So, Anything that probably we thought would not go wrong, did go wrong.
1: Is Yadam being uh, you know thrust into more playing time due to the Bryce Callahan injury? Is that what's impacting that defense there, or is that just a, an additional part?
0: Even then, with with Yottam, I would say yes. But you know, he really was showing some very strong signs uh, of developing into a pretty solid corner in preseason. But we say so often that that's preseason. And when the regular season hits, that's when you kind of have to put your big boy pants on. And, mm. you know, Yadam got exposed. And uh, I think that for from Yadam's point of view, it just he's got to bounce back. And the Broncos, I think, maybe wait a little bit too long on their adjustment to help Yadam out. And uh, I think that it just was unfortunate because, you know, they're flipping the field position a lot. Now, granted, the the score was seven nothing for the longest time, and then Oakland put away for for a two score game, and and the Broncos kind of unfortunately dug themselves into a very big hole, and they really couldn't dig themselves out, and they finished with a, a two score game or a, a touchdown and a two point conversion, but it was still a uh, it was still a very uh, unfortunate situation with the Broncos that. They put themselves
1: in that situation. Yeah, that sounds like it. Uh, one question on special teams. It did seem like you guys had a hard time uh, containing kickoffs uh, in terms of your coverage units. Uh, one of them went for over 70 yards. I think the Dwayne Harris for Oakland, he had about 50 yards per kickoff return on average. The Bears have one of the best return guys in the game in Cordero Patterson. Uh, how confident are you that the Broncos' coverage unit can kind of contain the Bears in terms of you know kick returns?
0: special teams has been one of the underlying problems as far as kick coverage in the last handful of seasons. And, you know, they, they bring in a uh, special teams guru and, and, and Tom McMahon, and he's he's been known to do a really good job with that. And and so, again, I don't know if it's just familiarity still with with McMahon, but that's an area that they got to get worked out because they've had a, a few injuries, certainly to – some special team stalwarts, like guys like Andy Janovich, their starting fullback, but also one of their their key special teams aces. And so having uh, potentially injured might be, you know, certainly, uh, I don't know, and it may be a little bit of an issue, but you certainly don't want to use those as, as an excuse because, as always, it's execution about everything, and, and they're not executing. So I, I think that the unfortunate thing is, least for the Broncos' point of view, they, they still kind of get better in special teams. and I, it's, it's always twofold. You know, you can have a great return on, on your side of things, but if you're not doing anything to stop the other team on the other end, it's kind of a wash.
1: Yeah. Now I want to get your perspective a little bit. Obviously you're preparing for this game week, looking at the Chicago Bears. What do you believe are some of the biggest challenges that Chicago is going to present uh, Denver this week?
0: Well, we were talking a little bit about you know the nightmare of Khalil Mack. There you go. It's gonna it's gonna start probably with Khalil Mack and end with Khalil Mack. And uh, you know, I so I think the offensive line is probably where we would start um, as far as that uh, that front. And I do expect probably a little bit of a better game overall from the Broncos' standpoint because I I do think that. that coaches and familiarity do help as far as getting a team prepared. So I do think that you know the Broncos will probably have a much better game but that's not uh, probably going to come out and and result in a victory potentially but I I think that because it still again falls on execution. But I think that offensive line is going to start with that and if that can succeed and they can really neutralize Khalil Mack, you know one one of the my biggest things as far as this in particular this entire season is can they keep Joe Flacco upright? And I, I mean they really kind of struggled a little bit with that in the last game, and it really put them in a lot of third and distance. And that can't continue with guys like Khalil Mack and. And Oak, uh, he, um, Hakeem, uh, Hakeem Hicks, and Leonard Floyd, and Eddie Goldman, you know that defensive line and pass rushes is, is pretty brutal. And then you, and then you factor in guys like Danny Trevathan and some generational prospect down there at linebacker, Roquan Smith, who's was certainly on our radar last year as far as a potential linebacker. And then mm-hmm. he went to the uh, he went to the Bears.
1: Uh, so the uh, kind of the you know the flip side of this question uh, when you're looking at the Bears, what do you believe our biggest weakness is? You know, uh,
0: it's it's uh, it's kind of interesting because I I was not really the biggest fan of how the Bears offensive line you know played against the Packers, which oh, yeah. is kind of seeing which is kind of seeing something because you know I the Packers and probably attribute to the Packers defense too, but. You know they really did struggle, and you know if 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 it was creating a lot of pressure on Trubisky, especially in those RPOs, that's you know that, that's always going to factor a little bit. So I think that Trubisky certainly has to make a little bit of some better decisions. But we say so often if the if the offensive line is Swiss cheese, and the quarterback's gonna have a hard time really you know making the proper reads and and everything to get a, a ball out on time. So. Yes, trubisky did struggle, but I think there was a factor of the fact that offensive line you know really did not play off the snuff and so if that can happen, kind of like the Broncos, it's gonna be a pretty good game.
1: All right, one last question on the Broncos, and it's pretty open ended here for you. Is there anything else I mean, you're the expert uh, on this team. Uh, if there's anything else that you think that our listeners would benefit from you know learning more about, I'd love to hear it.
0: Man, I, I think that as far as the, the defensive side of things, and this is, uh, this is kind of a little bit of a, a hot take from the defensive perspective. And granted, we didn't see a lot of pass rush, uh, in the last game, but I do think that, uh, we will see Bradley Chubb's name at least in the top 10 of defensive player of the year candidates this year. I think that, you know, having, Fangio there and, and seeing a little bit of what with what he did with Khalil Mack is only just gonna push Chubb that much further to uh, kind of that national stardom. So I think that for him and Chubb and and everything that he can certainly present to the table, he's such a dynamic player that if he can certainly put it all together for a full season, he he really could be a guy that I think that could create a lot of problems as far as being kind of like that Superman to to Von Miller's Batman.
1: (laughs) All right. So last question for you overall is how I end every meet the opponent episode that we have each and every week throughout the regular season. Uh, First one is pretty simple. It's a two-part question. Uh, Why will the Broncos win on Sunday?
0: Wow. so why will they win? Well, I would, uh, as we kind of alluded to a few times, it's going to start and end by that offensive line. If they can create a lot of upright scenarios and win the the battle with Khalil Mack and you know maybe chip Khalil Mack about as often as they can and and really dominate the trenches and as like Brandon Thorne says so often on Twitter trench warfare if they can win that trench warfare I I would say they have a pretty decent chance and so I, I think that if that can happen. And the running game's gonna certainly fall into place and I mean Flacco's gonna make the proper decisions downfield as well.
1: And then on the flip side, I think you may have already alluded to this, but uh what's it gonna take for right. the Broncos right. to end up losing the game? Is it gonna be the opposite? Just losing the trench warfare.
0: Well, I so I would I will say as far as the offensive line goes, because that appears to be a very, very constant theme here, um, that it is the offensive line, but you know, they also, can't, they also cannot turn the ball over. Uh, I think that for Flacco, he can't force balls into, into places where he really should not or, you know, a very costly turnover because we have seen so often in, in years past that those costly turnovers can flip field position and really puts the defense in a very, very tough situation. No matter what your offense is, if, you know, you're getting the ball very close to the red zone, you know, it's going to do a lot of damage for, for you as a defense to cover that. So I think that – so, yes, the offensive probably we win it or lose it probably battle of this game. I would also throw that, you know, they have to not turn the ball over. And because you're, you're – I think the one thing for me, uh, as far as the, the Bears go – you know it, they certainly have that wide receiver Allen Robinson but you know i, I would not count on guys like you know Tariq Cohen or you know even David Montgomery who looked very good in the action that he had uh, Adam Shaheen i think is if he can stay healthy i think he's a pretty good you know decent tight end and and also you guys got what is it Taylor Gabriel as a slot receiver so there's still plenty of weapons there and i think that you know for the broncos they can't sleep on a lot of those guys because they can still make you pay and they've proven to make a lot of teams pay
1: absolutely all right cameron i think that's all i have for you today i really do appreciate you hopping on uh the show to give us the lowdown of the denver broncos to kind of kick off our week-long preview here that we kind of do here at the chicago audible so really appreciate the time uh thanks again
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me, and uh, hopefully uh, it could be a really good game on, uh, on Sunday.
1: All right, that'll do it, Bears fans. I hope that you found Cameron's Insight this week to be of value. Up next, Nick and I will be back for a weekly game preview episode. But until next time, okay, until tomorrow, bear down, Chicago.